Let's catch up on a few horror movies, get lost in the corn, explore strange new worlds, and puzzle our way to a fight with Donkey Kong. I'm Ryan. I'm Andy. And this is episode 137 of Weekend Rental Podcast. All right, Halloween season coming up quickly upon us. I think as of recording, is it the 25th? Yeah. This episode should be out just ahead of Halloween, Monday this year, which is always rough for the kiddos. <laughs> um, but in the spirit of Halloween, I watched a horror film with my wife on the Hulu. I don't know if you're familiar with Hellraiser, kind of the 80s, 90s gore series of films. I know the 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 guy who's really into acupuncture, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's pretty much what everybody remembers, right? It was like <laughs> that on the box. It was it's the pinhead. Everybody remembers him. Um, so for whatever reason, Hulu decided to reboot because I don't know that it's a sequel. It feels like a reboot. It's just Hellraiser. There's no distinction. Um, I don't know if uh, the Hellraiser movies are not my favorite, but I grew up just kind of terrified of them as a kid because it's all about demonic possession and just like nightmare creatures. And it was super heavy on the detailed torture and gore well before things like hostile. And um, what's another one that had like eight sequels. Saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what those films were known for really weird aesthetic. And this one just kind of wasn't that there was a lot of, not being ripped apart and mutilated and just a lot of buildup for, I don't know, people being murdered, but all too quickly and not like, uh, it seems like I'm dunking in this movie for not being like horrifically disturbing. <laughs> and I guess I, and I guess I am, but I just kind of wanted more of that out of my Hellraiser movie. It uh, wasn't too scary. It was just kind of fluff. Huh? That's so the story of it is like something to do with a puzzle box, right? And you open the puzzle box and then right. demons yeah, and torture the you. Box, right. And the puzzle box can like, it takes different shapes. And then if you get stabbed by the device or device, then you're murdered by demons basically. And if you're the last person with the, with the final solved puzzle box, then you get to ask these otherworldly or demonic beings for a wish, which they used to always screw you over. Um, which is kind of the basis of like why everyone goes back to the well on it. Cause you know, I'm going to correct the things, which is kind of the, the crux of this movie, but yeah, that's pretty much the point. Solve the puzzle box. Don't get poked and hopefully you'll live. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of build up to what you thought were going to be some big horrific scenes. And there's really wasn't a lot of that. It was very much a watered down take which is funny when we live in a world of coming off of like super amplified gory shows and 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 films like this so it's weird to see it kind of like it's weird to see them take the franchise and just kind of water it down yeah disappointing yeah that you don't see that too often nowadays is you know like you said watering it down if anything if does have a lot of gore a lot of times they'll make it so it's like self-aware of the gore you know yeah yeah 
And like, that was always the thing is like, it was always about like the detailed mutilation of people, which is like sick, but there was just not much of that at all. It was, huh. I'm not really sure why they brought it back. And like the, the stereotypical pinhead character was not played by the same. Cause I, I believe in the originals, it's always a male. I could be wrong. It's a female pinhead in this one. So, okay. Really weird. Yeah. I wonder what's with Hulu, like rebooting all these franchises i suppose it's like that network of like studios that they're tied into now right they got everything yeah reboot whatever you want hmm. but we reboot the last two star wars films and make them good <laughs> that would be pretty good if it was just hulu original star wars <laughs> movies yeah speaking of that have you been watching andor at all no have not yeah, so the internet hates Andor, apparently. And this is doing very poorly, but Andor is probably the best Star Wars thing that they've put out in a long time. I'd I'd rank it above probably Mandalorian even. Oh, really? But but I think it's like that thing of like most Star Wars people hate Rogue One also. So if you can't appreciate, it's like you have to choose. Are you the nerdy Star Wars fan who can only enjoy it if there's weird aliens and like pew pew lightsabers and stuff, or you just get into a good drama. And if you can get into a good drama, this is a great series. It, it, I mean, it follows the same beats as, as rogue one really. Yeah. I do, Yeah. I don't think I would have a problem with that. Cause even in rogue one, like that character, like I didn't even remember his name. Like he was right. so like basic, had no character in that movie at all. I think so, I watched, two episodes before I like put it together. I was cause I was, we was talking about it at work and I was like, wait a minute. Is that the guy from rogue one? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this is making more sense now. Like I forgot that that was that actor. Cause he's just kind of like plays it straight. Right. Like he's not like a standout character and it's a one and done sort of film. So yeah. 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 So yeah, it's not like I, it's going to ruin my idea of his character. If, He's in a different show and they're doing something because he was a blank canvas even after a rogue one. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think you'll like it. I mean, it's, it's worth watching. I think, I don't know. Star Wars fandom is so like jaded at this point anyway, and they've <laughs> thrown so much garbage at us. I guess I understand why people maybe are weird, but I think it's great. It's been really solid all the way through so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, something that's not really tied to anything that much right yeah like it's not like it's doesn't have bubba fett and it doesn't have obi-wan and it doesn't you know it doesn't need all that shit you can make your own story and you don't have to tie it into like well these people were at this place at this time so yeah exactly it's nice you can kind of take some liberties and make something solid without having to shoehorn lore and and characters in. Yeah. I think that, I think that's why it turns out so well, but you guys, uh, doing anything festivities wise gearing up for Halloween? Yeah. So we've been watching some movies as well. Um, we've been slowly getting through the nightmare on Elm street stuff. Okay. However, the kids, of course, (laughs) the kids, uh, (laughs) I never saw those pretty much my entire really? life. Yeah. So uh, this is my first time going through it. Um, I get these confused. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. I have a hard time, but yes, I've seen most of those. Yep. And some of them are good. Some of them not good. I'm surprised you didn't get through more of those. Like was, were you not a latchkey kid with like the USA network? <laughs> Cause that's how I witnessed most of these. Films. Oh yeah. Yep. Never. Yeah. I don't know how I never got, never got around to it. Yeah. But yeah, they, they're, they're fun enough, I guess. Yeah. What are you up to now? Like how many have you gotten through? Uh, so I think we're through three. And four yeah. is not streaming anywhere, which I've heard is one of the better ones. So we have to try and track that one down. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty intense, too. Some of those scenes, some of that CG in those holds up really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't even say CG, just like bad practical effects, even. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing that. And then uh, one of the other ones we watched the other night was called the witch i think spelled with two v's at the front but i think that just means it's like the old style like an old style of way they used to spell writers dyslexic or something (laughs) yeah i don't know uh because it's it takes place in like salem during you know all the witch stuff um and for some reason this family gets banished to the woods they can't they aren't allowed to be back in the quaker community anymore oh no um because of witchcraft i'd assume i don't i don't think it is that i don't know i missed that part at the beginning so i'm not sure it's not critical either the point is yeah. they're ostracized yeah. and they're in the woods <clears throat> yeah yeah and um there's a witch in the woods and uh Sense. takes the takes the baby the witch takes the baby and then the rest of the movie is basically uh, about the family just kind of falling apart and um, just the paranoia that happened back then. It was just so easy to spring. And it's funny because there actually was a witch, you know. Most of that stuff was, you know, just paranoia. Right. But actually having one and then, but others being blamed for it, it's. It's uh it's pretty intense, it's engaging, it's <sighs> hmm. There's some scenes in there that are pretty like disturbing. And uh the ending is really good. What is that on? Is it like a Netflix thing? I, I yeah, I watched it on Netflix, I believe. Okay. I was gonna say yeah. I thought I saw them promoting that. <clears throat> I yep. have to check that one out yet. We yeah. watched um sticking with the Halloween theme, we watched another one that was like trending or recommended on. What was it? Was it? I think it might've been Netflix. I could be wrong. Maybe it was another streaming platform, but it was like, it was like 28 day haunt or whatever. So they send three paranormal teams, like a professional paranormal investigators to spend 28 days straight in these haunted residences or whatever. Right they're supposed to figure it all out like based on this theory that like it takes 28 days to like really break the veil and on but <laughs> the whole thing is like they take these paranormal people they're blindfolded and everything else and you know it's all a mystery and then they let them loose and explore the the stuff but it's like and they're coming to these really like good conclusions right they're like matching up with everything and they have no technology so they can't get to the internet but i'm like okay so you took People who are professional paranormal investigators who 
were obsessed with this stuff and sent them to well-known documented hauntings to investigate blindly. Like, you know, damn well that those people knew exactly where they were at. I mean, there's and only been like there so before. many. I'm, I mean, if they're professionals, right. they would be there. Would have right. been there. So the whole thing just like a hole in the whole logic for me. And then like the one, the one, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's going to watch it, but one of the big revelations at one of the three houses was <clears throat> they found like a newspaper article like tucked into a wall that was in the basement of a house, but also connects to a manhole so you can jump outside and like run down the street. I was like, well, isn't that convenient that this locked basement like manhole room is like just accessible to anyone outside of like this whole group like i'm sure that wasn't planted at all it was just so dumb huh it was really lame but there was only six episodes and they were short so it's worth a laugh or two yep but not smart not smart planning <laughs> they should have put strangers into these houses that would have been better for 20 yeah days. no knowledge people losing their shit yep or some you people know. just get really comfortable and they don't even. So you've been hitting notice. up any of the, uh, like uh, haunted farms, any of that stuff, pumpkin patches. Yeah, so we did that uh, this last weekend. Um, there's one nearby. Corn maze, pumpkin patch, the whole deal, and uh, right. that's the first time we've done it. But yeah, holy cow, those places must rake in some money. It's unbelievable. They're always a zoo. Yep. Every time I've been all like, it doesn't matter how good or how bad it is. They're always a zoo. Yep. So there's a rides and stuff or just like the corn maze. Yeah. It was, it was pretty much just the corn maze. The thing I did not enjoy about the corn maze is they put all these little like, uh, platforms for this sheet of paper that the kids do games on. And okay. you have to find all of these in the maze then. Which also means going down every dead end to try and find all this stuff. So it's like, it wasn't even <laughs> trying to get through the maze. It was going through every possible path. And How long house, did this take you guys start to finish? Uh, it was two and a half hours, I think. Oh my lord. The, yeah. That's exactly two hours and 15 minutes too long to spend in a corn maze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that's terrible yeah i we've done a corn maze as a family once and i was like nah i'm good like <laughs> we don't need to do that again uh, but yeah you gotta wonder because like those places are always massive too like they must make a killing to pay all those people occupy all that space for what four to five weeks out of the year mm -hmm. and some of them only operate on saturdays so it's like yeah. you're open five days a week a year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They gotta they gotta do it when they can. But but the kids enjoyed it at least. Yeah, yeah. That's the important part. Yeah. Got some pumpkins, which it's kind of weird when you go to there. It's like I don't know how, how much is a pumpkin supposed to cost. I have no idea. Right. What's a well, good there, deal on a pumpkin? <laughs> Forty five dollars, sir. <laughs> the best pumpkin. Yeah, they are not the cheapest pumpkin providers either. That's a fact. <laughs> Go to Walmart for that stuff. Yep. They'll throw in a free gourd or something like that. <laughs> you can eat those. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, uh, 
we basically avoided that the last couple of years. But my daughter did talk my wife into taking her and a friend, my daughter's friend, to Acres of Terror, which is on the okay. other side of town. I guess just traumatized. Like, well, my wife was terrified too, but my daughter just like lost her crap. Um, I guess it's pretty intense. So my wife said they like truck you between a haunted building area to a corn maze area on a bus. And she said they just drive like bad out of hell. Like they're whipping through small town streets, like jumping through potholes and stuff. Really? I don't know how we didn't crash. It was nuts. But you might've just been worked up. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, I don't know what it was, $30 a pop for her and then like 15 for the kids. It's like, man, you're printing money at that thing. Like printing money. Yeah. But I I skipped it. I was like, I am not in the mood. I'd been out pheasant hunting that day. First time I'd pheasant hunted in like 10 years. And I was like, I am, I walked a bunch. I'm good. (laughs) I'm just going to sit now. I've already seen corn today. Yep. That's all I saw because I didn't see a damn pheasant. It was great. <laughs> so for all you PETA people out there, I harmed no animals. You're welcome. Yep. Uh, you know who did get harmed, though? You see this news? Who's that? Pink Gorilla. Oh, so, yes. So they've been having problems consistently getting robbed the last year or two. I saw it finally escalated to armed robbery. At the video game store, broad daylight. You just can't believe it. Like, what do you do at that point? Yeah. There's, I mean, at, when it comes to that, there's nothing that you can do to, you know, try and prevent that, really. Yeah. At that point, it's almost like you just pull up shop and start selling on Amazon. Yep. I mean, the fact that it's coming to that point where people know that they can just walk in and it sounds like Seattle crime in that area has just gone rampant. So they know they can get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, the, the CD types out there, but yeah, I was watching that video and you just show them like the guy was calm about it. And so are the, the employees, but it's just like, as I'm like ripping out Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like clearly they know where the money's at before they even go in there. <sighs> It's scary, man. Like, that's like one of the most, I would say that's probably one of the most prolific. Like, is there a store that's more well-known across the United States, at least in the retro community? I don't know what there is. Like, that's the one that everybody's like at least heard of the pink gorilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've done a pretty good job for marketing themselves. Yes. Yeah. The pink gorilla. Who knew? Yeah. Really took off. Man. It's perfect just mascot. Converting the threat of violent crime to Yu-Gi-Oh cards is just yeah. something else. Right. And RPGs, like, is it worth it? Oh, I wonder man. what that, that's gotta be hell for them too, from an insurance perspective. Cause can you imagine like sitting there with an insurance claims adjuster and like trying to argue why like X version of that RPG or like whatever <laughs> game is worth yeah. how much money? I mean, and the, it's not like they carry just run of the mill stuff. Like they carry a ton of rare stuff. I'm sure it's unbelievably difficult to like try and pin that all down. And your premiums at this point after being broken into oh. many times. But yeah, I think I saw the same video as you and they were talking about how after like the third break in with the busted door, they got cameras. And it's like after the third, I would, third, yeah. I would, I would have had it the first time, but. You should be, well, honestly, they should almost move to buzz in only. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you go to like downtown Minneapolis, some of those stores, it's like, yeah, we're only going to let you in if you buzz in. But I mean, I, not that that would solve this problem. It would not. Yeah. Um, 
So hopefully they catch the guy. Um, supposedly he had shown up to the store after hours when they were doing a Twitch stream. So I think somebody from the store has actually seen this person's face before outside of the store. So that might help. Jeez. Have you seen the one? It was not maybe a last year. The punch, uh, punch out gaming down by the cities. No, oh, what happened there? Uh, somebody broke into the suite next door. Oh yes. And I busted did. a right. hole through the, busted a yeah. hole through to the stock room of the other, the game store. I mean, that's a genius move, but, but yeah, that's ridiculous. like oceans 11 at that point, but, and they were big in like Pokemon stuff, right? And like yeah, that was, was during the Pokemon, Pokemon boom. Stuff. Yeah. And they never caught that guy. I don't think, did they? I yeah. I'm not sure if they've ever. Yeah. God, isn't that just disgusting? They're like what pandemic prices did to collectibles like that, <laughs> and that people are willing to go to those lengths. And like it's, it's like, it's kind of a, lengths. Go. Yeah. It's kind of a great crime though. Cause it's like, you know the value of the stuff. It's easy to carry, and it's really, for the most part, not traceable. So you yeah. going to eBay and selling those things, for the most part, I mean, there's going to be some major exceptions. Um, Especially sealed stuff. Yeah, you would never yeah. know. It's nuts. It's sick and sad. But. <laughs> I would think that there's a better way to turn armed robbery into cash than video games and collectibles yeah. but maybe i'm wrong i mean it's probably the most lucrative right because like bank robberies aren't really a thing anymore it's not lucrative enough you're going to yeah. get caught at a bank yeah i mean so then the next bet i mean yeah i guess nobody carries money at like gas stations or anything anymore either so that's what i was going to say is like yeah well how do you get cash off of people it's crazy next thing you're going to be I was going to make a bad joke about stealing pets, but they already actually do that. So <laughs> there's like a whole bunch of pets getting stolen, even in Fargo, uh, uh, flipping dogs on the internet. Oh my gosh. You want to start a side hustle? <laughs> I don't even know how that makes sense because you wouldn't have the paperwork and that's what makes People, most dogs valuable. The, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you're not paying for them up front. So even if you're getting half off, I mean, you've got all that acreage up there too. We could put a pretty nice kennel out there. Yeah. I think we got a plan. We're going to fund the podcast. We can rent old puppy mill. <laughs> Weekend heavy petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know. There's uh there's been like a lot of bad news, I feel like it since we recorded last. So did you see the stuff on Bayonetta three? Wow, that was a wild ride for yeah, a couple all of days. 24 hours before like it came crashing down. So for anyone who's not familiar, the there's it's been known for a long time, which is the part that I always thought was weird on this. It's been known for quite some time that the voice actor for Bayonetta or actress is not the same from the last two games. So when the news hit that she was only offered the original one to reprise her role was only offered $4,000. Uh, she turned it down and I was like, well, that's, that's a bold claim, but also you're doing that 10 days out from the launch of this game. She so actively said boycott the game. Like she was calling yes. for boycotts. 
Yeah. So she was immediately wanting and the complete opposite happened. I mean, there was a bunch of news going around on YouTube and stuff, but actually pre-orders went up for the game. Oh, wow. Um, and then within like the same, like, I don't know, same news cycle, almost Sega came back and platinum games, well, platinum games came back and said, no, that's actually not true at all. And here's what we did offer. And, you know, it wasn't the, I, what did she wanted a, she wanted a piece of the something. pie, right? Like yeah, yeah, royalties, royalties, like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, but it turns out, yeah, she was just pissed, tried to get him canceled, which I mean, good on the community for not just like blindly canceling something for a change, but yeah, it turns out it's a lot crappier of a deal. And she was probably offered maybe not her dream pay, but decent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found, I found that as a lesson not to do the whole YouTube reacts videos because there was a lot of people well, everybody that were, had to do two of them yep did that and then they're like oh yeah i'm not buying this game but this is ridiculous four thousand dollars and then tomorrow they have to you know make another video with the tail between their <clears> legs and be like well yeah well and not to sound like a prick but i just kept thinking like i don't play bayonetta games for the story like I want to play Bayonetta. I'm still buying this game as soon as it comes out. Like <laughs> it sucks that they stiffed you, but so it never affected me. And maybe it should have, but I don't know. It was just so it was it was the biggest news, and then it just like crashed to reality so quickly. I don't know. Yeah. At least, uh, you know, there's some accountability there. Like the journalist well, yeah. got involved and actually kind of you know, sourced it out and said, yep, this is, you know, figured out what the actual situation was. And it's like, oh, wow. She was just kind of lying about it. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, is like, I can kind of see how like maybe she didn't get amazing pay. Cause like, look at the first game like that, like games like that were, that should have failed. And arguably Bayonetta failed from uh like, it's a cult classic, right? But it didn't do gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And then they basically had to get Nintendo to help them fund and produce the second one. There was no guarantee that that also wouldn't like eat shit hard in like the overall gaming community. So I could see where she maybe had a point in getting a little pissed off at like, look at what this franchise has done now. But I could understand I, why her pay was maybe not great when those games, both of them were produced. You know what I mean? I can't even the second one which was a Wii U game. (laughs) Yeah. I remember remember that that? part. Um, Like, yeah, it got, yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. Cause it it sold nothing then until it was ported to the switch. Yeah. And even then, she basically voiced a turd. I mean, a great game, but commercial turd. Yeah. Critically amazing. Yeah. And I, I, even at its best, I think it's pretty niche, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it's not like yeah. it's pulling in millions day one, like almost every other Nintendo thing. So, yeah, I'm sure in her mind when she saw those switch numbers and she saw the, like what it had done and that blow up, I bet she probably it's reasonable to think she went in with high expectations for three. Right. Yeah. She knew it was going to it was good. This was going to be the smash. So I get it. I, I, I think it was probably just. Communication breakdowns that ultimately led to her not being there, but. 
I mean, it's fine I mean, to think that you have the leverage and play your cards that way, but after like the cards are shown, you kind of right. just have to let it be that way. Yeah, you can't go crying about something that was like clearly documented and yeah. I'm still really looking forward to that game. I um I love Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 2 is wild as shit. I love it. Yep. The um, it comes out this week? I think Last so. week? Re- Did it already Re- out? I think reviews are out at Re- least now. Is it on the 18th maybe? I forget. I don't think it's I'll out yet, but I think okay. the reviews are out. And they've been good, have you seen? They're pretty good, like 90% or, you know, 90. Okay. I mean, as no. good as, like, a, I mean, for hack and slash, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. On the Switch? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, that's one of the biggest games right now available. Yeah. I'll, and then I've been watching, because I was planning to walk into stores and get my limited run copy of Shredder's Revenge, but... I'm laughing hysterically and I, I'm sorry because it's some people that I want them to get their games, but it's funny. Just all these people like, Hey, it's weird that I haven't gotten my game yet. That was supposed to be out. I see it's already getting in other people's hands. And I, I, I replied to, to a couple of things and I was like, yeah, I really want my Scott Pilgrim too, but I didn't happen. In, but then I deleted him cause I felt like a dick. So has it shipped yet? Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. No, of course not. That you can no, buy that vinyl right now mm-hmm. on yeah, Amazon. Yeah, I have no update. On I have no update. That's never coming. Hell will freeze over before we'll be in the middle of World War Civil War Two before I get my <laughs> copy. Scott Pilgrim. The anthems will reunite the country. Yeah, it'll be delisted and then back again. <clears throat> yeah, that whole thing's so ridiculous. And I know that I can go in. I want to play it desperately. I know I can walk into Best Buy and get it, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, fuck that company. Never again with limited run. I can't. Yeah. The fact that they use the vinyl thing as the whole thing for that long. Right. Just, just if it's going to take that long, just suck it up and ship the out the game. To ship it. Right. Yep. Exactly. And then I love how, like, I love that they know their business model is bullshit because it's always, if they do send you updates, the button is never view your order. It's view or cancel. It's always the same bar. It's like view or cancel your order. I'm like, <laughs> so you know that this happens constantly because people are pissed at you. So canceling uh, stuff. Well, that's new because I quit buying limited run because I couldn't cancel something. So. That's true. At least you got out early. Yeah. So have you really not bought a damn thing from them since? I bought the super meat boy on Vita. Because okay. I figured that would probably be the last Vita game. And that's yeah, they the, print money for you. That was the only thing that was you like, okay. You retire on your sealed Vita games from Limited Run right now. There's, yeah, there's a lot. Lucky. They're all garbage games for the most part. But, but they're limited, so they're yeah. cool. Been playing anything new? Uh... I've really dug a lot deeper into Hard Space Shipbreaker. I talked about that last time a little bit, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the, like, reclaiming materials in space, right? Salvage. Yep. yep. So I've been really getting into that, and, yeah, for whatever reason, that's, like, the power wash, relax, and just do shit game. Sure. And, yeah, I'm having a pretty good time with that. Um, However, the ships are getting way more complicating. So you have to like 
go through all these cabins and, you know, different rooms in the ships and there's gas tanks and radiation and electrical stuff you got to watch out for. So, uh, if you mess up one thing, it just like blows up the entire ship and then you <laughs> miss, you obviously die and then they clone you and then you go back out there and everything's in shattered. <laughs> so like, nice. So then like you're kind of like, you. yeah, then you're kind of just like, oh, maybe I should just restart that one because, you know, it's such a pain in the ass to grab every little, every little shard and toss it into the recycle thing. And, uh, so there's a lot more restarting shifts. Sure. Luckily, you're only out five, ten minutes or something like that, so it's not too bad. But uh, I'm not liking that part <laughs> too much. Restarting things, but yeah, it's too bad it doesn't offer like a rewind feature. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that'd be cool. So do you have to like then get different tools and different equipment to like dismantle the different types of stuff, or not really? No, it's just more uh, attacking the situation in a different way. Going, okay. Yeah. Going around, yeah, going around the back, and then uh, finding the different different pain points to go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's they they do fifteen minute shifts, and I've upgraded enough where you don't have to go, run back and get new things. You get a, a ton of these tethers that you just like say connect one end to the scrap that's that's just floating in space, and then you put the other end on, you know, the the bin that you want it to go in and it just sure. flies over there. And uh that's really satisfying, just like having these huge pieces that you cut off and just like see them floating over to where you want them to go. Um that sounds satisfying. Yeah. But and fifteen this is minutes on is PC yeah, only? It's on PC and it's on uh Xbox game Pass. Okay, so I can maybe multiplayer? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't I should check the main menu to see if they have multiplayer on it or not okay. or not. That'd be I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It takes some getting used to, like, because it's all you know, thruster jetpack stuff that you're flying around in space. Um, so that part it's hard to get used to, but once you get it down, it feels pretty good. Here I thought for sure your update this week was gonna be Persona five on Game Pass. Figured that was gonna be your jam. Oh no, no, I can't. I can't do those again. You're done like, with the personas. Once you do, like once you do it once, and then they make that updated one. I've never played the updated one, so sure. Yeah, I suppose that's their big thing, right? It's just like the tweak, tweaked like previous version and like gold or whatever. What? Cause what's what is this one like? The definitive edition or something? Uh Royal Persona Five okay. Royal, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think every time they add, it seems like they add a new character or whatever, and it's like, well. I don't know. It's not worth playing 80 hours to, for that one character. Right. And a few other scenes, but it seems to do well for them though. Like those things never sell poorly. No, it just sucks. Just, just make the actual game right away. Mm -hmm. make, <laughs> make a complete one right away. Yeah. 80 to hundred hour RPGs don't need DLC. Yeah. Like, or at least to where you have to start over from the beginning. Yep. Yeah, speaking of Game Pass, did you see they've kind of like there's been more news and people shitting on the Series S is the reason why Xbox stuff is such a mess? Is it because of the requirement that they have to have 
it has to run on an S. Yeah. So they're saying it's the day and date requirement that it also has to launch and run on the S. So they're basically like stuck because they can't put the full resources into making like a blowout game for the X because they also have to be able to scale it back. And so you're almost making like two gen versions of a game and have to launch them on the same day. Yeah. It sounds like there's being a big push to get them to stop requiring day and date on the S um, the industry. At least there's a few people voicing their opinion on that, <clears throat> which I guess I kind of get right. Like when do you pull the plug? It has it, to, right? It's essentially a last gen console. And yeah. if cloud gaming isn't going to take up the slack, which it can't because it plays, well, no, the S, does the S play discs? Um, I, I don't no, know. I think, no, I think it that's, doesn't, yeah, it that's digital not. only. Yeah. So I think their dream was always right that the cloud was going to like take up the slack and it was going to be yeah. fine. But like, it's not seeming like that's going to happen, right? Not in the, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I just figure it's one of those things where it's like they're trying to set up a uh you know, a sunset program on it. Right. You would think they would set a date to be like this is day yeah. that, you know, we're no longer supporting this as a cuz it would be nice, wouldn't it, to like really see a banger, like something just really all out yeah. balls the walls for the X. I mean, there's some games that like are jaw dropping in certain parts, but you know it's like these are never full potential pushes, right? Yep. It would just be cool to see. It'd be cool to see something just really push that machine. Cause I feel like a lot of the times you're getting a good experience, but I want the, I want the next gen feel. We're two years in, man. Yeah. Well, you know, PlayStation's not really doing it either though. You know, no horizon, I suppose is their closest, right? Yeah. But they made a PS4 version of that. Right. Yeah, that's true too. So they haven't quite stepped up either. And the God of War game is going to be on both. Yep. Speaking of that, two years in, I finally saw one Target PS4 or PS5. Really? Yep. Really? Wow. Yep. Digital only, but it was on the shelf. So. Wow. It only took two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to Google it to see what they were still selling for. Cause I'm like, can I make 150 bucks here? <laughs> I can't imagine there's. <laughs> it looks so, like I probably could have made a little bit of money, but I was like, I'm not going to uh, be that guy. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with getting robbed over. 600 bucks a parking lot. Yeah. I wasn't, they were just in the news again talking about how, like, their next revision or something, it might be just digital and then you can buy external disk drive. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah. But, but it, Sony doesn't I, support weird peripherals like that. So, how's that going to work out for people yeah, after like nine months? That's, that's my worry about it. It's like, they're are they going to support it? And second, like, are they just going to bump up the digital to be the mainstream price? And then, yeah, you know, it's another hundred dollars on top. So I mean, theoretically, like you should almost be able to do it right with like a budget $29 external USB powered drive because all it needs to do is install the game from it. So it doesn't matter how slow the right, right speed is. It's going to be horrendous either way. And then after that, it's just authenticating. So yep. I guess it makes sense. But Basically, they'll still charge a hundred bucks for it. Oh it'll yeah. Be, it'll yeah. Be no, their no, thing. Of yeah. course. God, I hope they don't do it. They can't. Right. Or can they? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. It's who knows. This next five years could be pretty interesting. I think. I just gonna bury my head in the game pass and just call that gaming from now on and whatever Nintendo wants to do. <laughs> I'll stick with that. <laughs> it's That's weird. gonna be interesting too. Like, what is Nintendo's next thing? Like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna have to be another handheld, right? They can't get away from that. I still want to see them launch. I still want to see them launch with a set top. Like, just give me the screenless switch that I can just slap behind my TV. That's all I want. Mine doesn't come out of the dock ever. I don't travel with it. That was like the thing was like, great gaming wherever I go. And guess what? When I'm on vacation, I don't want to be playing my switch. Weird, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. You never know with Nintendo. They could just see this whole switch thing as just like the one generation gimmick. Of the console, you know? God, that's terrifying, isn't it? You're not wrong. I don't know what they would do, though. They just... Sell us a blue pill? Movies from now on. Oh, God, I can only... only imagine. Yeah, I'm... I'm curious. News has to be coming out of them soon. And they're definitely at the end of the Switch's life cycle. The thing is struggling. Yeah. Still haven't figured it out online yet either. <laughs> it's great. I don't know. Yeah, maybe now's the time to buy stock, right? They did that stock split. So, like, oh, yeah. you can buy shares for like under 100 bucks now. Just throw a few, few thousand at that and see what happens. And maybe they'll hit, hit one out of the park again. And, Cash out. If I'd have been smart, I'd have been buying during the Wii U era. <laughs> I really thought they were done at that point, but I should have should have invested. Who knew the Switch would take off? Even after seeing that unveiling announcement, I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but it, it did. It did, yeah. I got a lot of games for it. Yeah, I have a lot of games for it, too. It's the only Don't console I buy physical for anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Damn Nintendo. You've been playing some Jurassic Park, I see, as well. Uh, so that's the new movie that came out? The, the oh! With that, all the you old finally guy? watched that? Yes. Hey, you've seen it now? Or, yeah, I saw yes. it on Plex, like when it was still in theaters. Yes. That. Hmm. It's bad. Mm-hmm. In every step of the way. Yeah. I'm... I uh I'm just getting sick of all these reboots where they just it's not a reboot but they bring back nostalgia the old things yeah and it's just like oh it's the guy he said the thing and all that you know it's just like yes oh, they gosh. did a lot of that didn't they yes it was all about the lines getting the same one liners back in and all the, the Jurassic Park movies are also stupid because it's all the same plot like we're great we're we figured it out this time like, <laughs> fuck you no you didn't <laughs> and dominion makes no sense because dinosaurs are cold-blooded yet they're inhabiting like freezing areas of the planet no problem (laughs) and then chris pratt just runs around you all you have to learn from chris pratt is you're fine in a dinosaur apocalypse as long as you can stand still and hold your hand up in front of the dinosaur's (laughs) face you will not be eaten this is your saving like gesture yeah which is what i want to see happen in the mario movie i want to see him run up to bowser and just be like no. Okay, you're fine here. We're fine, Bowser. And he's just gonna walk away, run off into the woods. 
uh, yeah, those, uh, those first two, I don't know what your thoughts, but I felt like those f- first two Jurassic worlds were acceptable popcorn fluff. And I thought this one was just like a dumpster fire start to finish. Yeah. I, I like the first one. The second one I re- I've seen and I remember nothing from it. So it sure. couldn't have been that memorable. Like even like, I'm like, I don't know, even know who this girl is. I don't remember any of this. Um, so, and then they're just stealing the story from the last of us. I mean, she even dresses like really does. In True. The last of us, but. What did you think about the, uh, I take issue also with the like pterodactyl strike force. I mean, I know that they're like big dinosaurs, but flesh seems like maybe it can't just like rip through steel um, <laughs> and electrical stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't think you can just send a pterodactyl tear apart a plane mid flight, but what do yeah. I, know? I don't know. You can't, you can't really make another Jurassic park from the, you know, the original has is a perfect movie because you have the first encounters and the wonder the wonder of dinosaurs come to life and everything after mm-hmm. that. It's just like you can't use that part. So it's just what if these two fought? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's always like some asshole getting eaten at the end. Like yeah. every, I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. That was an awful, awful movie. I can't yep. imagine they're getting another one. Oh, like, I don't think so. Walking away. Yeah. All those guys had to just pay their checks and be like, yep. God, the amount of money that, money that Chris Pratt got paid for that makes me want to probably vomit. <laughs> and yeah, the returning people too. I bet Jeff Goldblum and I bet he got a lot of money. The other two, I'm not so sure. Dr. Yep. Grant and the girlfriend or whatever. I forget their names. Well, they're so funny. inconsequential. Yeah, I mean Jeff Goldblum played Jeff Goldblum, not even right, 100%. The, not even the character from Jurassic Park. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's almost become famous for being himself instead of an actual actor. He is just a persona that's his yep. living anymore. Yep. But he's always been weird. You watch him in way early stuff, and he's always got that like weird candor to him. Yeah, it's just hyper accentuated. I feel like over time. Yep. Well, I'm sorry you had to sit through that. Did you watch it with the kids or? Yeah. Kids at least get a kick out of it. Mm. Yeah. Sadly, I would say that's kind of what my kids thought too. I think my son might have fallen asleep. And like he's an eight year old, it's dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, the, the one part that my son screamed was um, the T Rex. Uh, steps across a circle which makes the logo of T-Rex and he's like oh it's the logo and it's like why, what are we even doing here like we, we're setting up these scenes in this movie just to make a meta reference to the logo I don't <laughs> yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> it's great <laughs> easter eggs for children <laughs> Uh well, I'm gonna let's let's get on to the staff pick. So my staff pick, uh, I don't know. Like I I don't know how many people out there have Paramount. I don't know that it's the best service, but it's it's a service out there. But anyway, I've been watching that new Star Trek, well, new wish Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. Um, for whatever reason, they like have a ton of Star Trek content on on there. Most of it exclusive. Um, Picard's been very good. 
Um, Star Trek Discovery, I think, sucks. But this one is awesome. So it's basically like set on the Enterprise pre-Kirk. Kirk is there, but he's not captain. But you've got Spock in his position. You've got... um, I forget the Ahura, um, whatever her oh, role yeah. is. She's there. A couple other names you'll be familiar with, but it's all set kind of early on. Um, and it's really good. Like the production values are great. Most of the episodes are like well thought out. Some of them recycle things you're going to be familiar with from past. I mean, you can only make so many Star Trek stories, right? Um, but basically it's about them going out into all new territory so you don't see a lot of the same familiar stuff at least yet you're not running into like constant klingon battles and um stuff it's kind of like early stages of the federation so it's a little more like a little more episode to episode i guess like new stuff sure so it's kind of like the first exploration of these type of things right yeah more or less they're like trying to bring new groups like they're actively trying to grow the Federation and bringing in new alliances and, and stuff. And it's, it's good. It's like I said, it's very well produced, huge budget. Acting is good. Um, it's just like a good, good drama. Like, I don't think you have to be a star Trek person to care about it. It helps maybe a little, but I think if you just like good sci-fi, it's an excellent show. So they're all self-contained episodes too. Yeah, for the most part, there's some carryover. So there's like a running, there's a running storyline with the captain. Like he didn't want to come back to the helm from the first episode. And you find out that like he threw some, I think it was like a, was he on a Romulan planet or something? Anyway, he comes back to the enterprise because they have to send him out on a mission and he didn't want to return because like through some, through some mission, he, God, just got like freaked out. And then I saw somebody standing off my peripheral and there was nobody there. (laughs) creepy halloween um but anyway he saw like a vision of the future so he's like unfortunately in this position where he knows exactly how and when he'll die so he knows he's basically got like a little over 10 years left and like the day the circumstance and everything so he's kind of like traumatized by that and that storyline continues to arc through um with his character but for the most part there isn't a ton of you know there's like relationships and things like spock's engaged and all this crap but they don't do the whole, <laughs> we're spending three episodes trying to negotiate with Klingons or anything, at least not sure. yet. So. Yeah, that that sounds like what I want, like the old style. Yeah, it, old it's style. very cool. Huh. I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's worth getting Paramount for, but if you haven't ever, for anyone who hasn't picked up Paramount yet, if there's a sale, I would recommend picking up Paramount for like, you know, a couple months because getting through Picard is 100% worth it. Um, and I think this is good too. Um, there's definitely a couple of those star Trek related things that are really worth watching out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one, took- this one, this one, I like the formula, you know, I like the whole, I like entertaining sci-fi. That's just episode to episode and not forcing an overarching narrative where you just get bogged down. Yeah. Especially, I mean, star Trek is, the best when it's like what if this really weird concept was happening or you know anomaly or whatever you know and it just like obviously yep. you couldn't carry that on for very long it would get kind of old but one episode is perfect for you mm-hmm. know like oh this is weird and then we solved it yep 
hundred percent. Yeah. Very good. Huh. Um, it was not too long ago. I watched an ep- uh, episode of deep space nine. Ah, where, uh, they find the old enterprise somehow, really? you know, through time, they go through time or something. Okay. And they, uh, beam on to the old enterprise and it's crazy because they insert, you know, all these new actors into the old footage of, you know, William Shatner and all this shit. <laughs> I think I've and seen that. And they're like talking back and forth. It's, it's wild. Like, I don't know what that must've been a crazy project to work on because the new shots are lit and, uh, you know, has the same old grain to it that, that, that old, the old show did. Really? Yeah. So it, that was like nineties, right? Like late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which that show in particular, it looks really weird because it looks like, a the decorations of that space station are just really weird. And then yeah, everything is shot. Like it has Vaseline on the lens where it's just super soft. So, yeah, that, that series never like stuck with me. Plus like the makeup on that main guy that's like 90% ear is like terrible looking oh. <laughs> and he's in every episode. So you're just yeah. like, this looks like budget crap. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. Wasn't the worst star Trek thing though. I will say I enjoyed some of it. That, that was one where it was week to week and then it started turning into more. Yeah. You know, you had to follow the story every week. I feel like that, that couldn't have gotten too long of a run. Did it like three, four seasons? Maybe I'm uh, crazy and it did well. Seven or eight, I think. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Cause that was paralleled alongside. They were still doing next generation when that started or am I wrong? Ah. <sighs> It had to be close because that it's like season two or three, I think Worf like goes on that show. Okay. Yeah. I thought I remembered some crossover stuff. Yeah. Worf and uh, I can't even O'Brien are on that show. It's just weird. Like how much of a drought there was with Star Trek for the longest time. And then like we got some new movies and with Paramount, they're just like, no, we've got the kids animated show. <laughs> we get the Seth MacFarlane type animated show. We got the Picard show. We got, I mean, there's like so many Star Trek things. It's ridiculous. And is it, is it the next season of Picard or is it a whole other show where they're basically bringing everybody back? Oh God. I don't know. I hope Picard is done. I hope they wrapped a bow on that, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they started doing that. They're really leaning into it. It must be working for, I mean, I'm watching it, I guess, (laughs) but I don't know how many people. I don't know. I feel like they've taken more care with, except for Star Trek Discovery is really bad. I know that one was on cable or network too. That one sucks, but for everything they've done with Paramount, they've put a lot of care into that world to making it good more so than Disney's done to keep Star Trek or Star Wars in check. And they've kind of almost like taken Star Trek into a Star Wars ish realm. I guess. So maybe it's kind of not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't know. I think it's a good balance. I mean, if you have multiple shows, you can please both. Yeah. I just like this. I just like the step up in action versus drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those old sitcom ones were very just like because of budgets and stuff, just very (laughs) talk heavy. Yeah. 
someone would be like, oh, my mom's on board. So we've got a problem with my mom this week. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget the whole like pet rock episode of the original <laughs> series. If you glue fur on them, they're, they're animals. <laughs> uh, how about you? What's your staff pick? Uh, my pick for this week is a game that launched on mobile. It's uh, Marvel Snap, which is a card game in the vein of Hearthstone a little bit. Okay. Uh, but it's even more streamlined than Hearthstone, I think. A match takes maybe three minutes, if that. And uh, yeah, so far I'm having really good time with it. Um, digital cards, card games like this can do really well because they can change aspects of the game that you can't do in a physical card game, you know, where they can just randomize things and, you know, just on the fly. Um, the, the basic part of this is there's three different locations that, uh, if you win two out of three of those locations, you win the match and you just basically want the higher number you know, superheroes or whatever at each right. location. Um, but each location uh, has different effects that change between every round. Um, some of them, you don't even know what they're going to be until the third turn in. And so it it's really dynamic. Um, and it seems like there's not a way to be like, okay, I got the deck, you know. The people that buy play magic, they're like, okay, we got the, you know, about all the cards for the meta of this, <laughs> this week's deck or whatever, and right. I'm gonna steamroll everybody. This seems like it's maybe like <coughs> the odds of maybe like blackjack, you know, and if you win so or it's lose, a little more chance. I mean, some preparation, obviously, but yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds cool, especially in a game like that where most of them they are pay to win and. It's all about putting money in to get the things to make sure you win. Yeah. Yeah. There, from what I can tell, there isn't much to do that. You might be able to unlock new cards faster. Okay. Um, but outside of that, it's a lot of like getting variants of cards and there's battle pass for, you know, you get a new icon or you get, you know, stuff to upgrade your cards a little bit but it's yeah it's it's a good time every time i find some free time i just hop on there and do you know a couple rounds do so a couple a missions game like that when you're just like bored waiting for the kids to do something or yep come in and out of a school or appointment or yeah yep That's, but that sounds like a cool I, one i think they've been working on this game for a few years now so it's cool that it actually came out and it seems like it's it might have some legs on it. I don't know if it's going to be like a collectible card game where they're like, okay, now we're putting out a new set or something like that. Cause there's a lot of cards in there already. So I don't know. We'll see. You'll have to do something to shake it up after a while. Right. Yeah. Get people excited again. Yeah. Well, cool. But what do you do when you have people that spent money on like, Oh, I want this card to look really cool, you know? And then a year from now it's like, well, that card doesn't really isn't worth shit anymore. <laughs> You're not going to use that one anymore. It'll piss a lot of people off. Yeah. Mm. 
well, it's nice that it's free to play though. So it's like, you don't want to get in a position where you're mad that you've worked so hard or paid so hard to get somewhere. But Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. It's always satisfying when you're like build something and be like, you know, try and find a good combination of cards together and it, you draw them and it works out just the way you plan. You know, it's always fun in those type of games. Nice. Sounds like you should just get really into like blackjack or something. Maybe the yeah. thing. Yeah. They, uh, <sighs> you know, I really hate blackjack because The one time I played, like, one guy, like, was like, that was my card. And I'm like, what? Yeah, God, those people are so stupid. It's like, no, I picked this card. I need this card. <laughs> it's not your card. Yeah, I hate, that's why I don't play it, too, at at bars or casinos. Because it's like, yeah, you get that person who takes it way too seriously. It's like, no, that's bullshit. Like, the, yeah. You were supposed to let me have it. No, nah, not really. I want to win my money too. Yeah. And I don't get yeah. that because like at the end of the day, you get to see another card, which you would think would help your odds if you're. If you enjoy our content, head on over to Geekade where you're going to find podcasts on video games, music, comics, movies, and so much more, and uh, Patreon exclusives like early access to episodes, recording schedules, all available at geekade.com. What's your geek? Well... On to the Weekend Rental. Um, so for anyone who's new to the podcast, the Weekend Rental is the game we decide to uh, invest some time into and play. Then we kind of decide uh, what we think about these games. Um, this episode, we've gone with a Game Boy Classic, Donkey Kong, um, or as it's come to be known, uh, Donkey Kong 94. This is um, a Donkey Kong game for the Game Boy that came out in 1994, hence the 94. Shit, um, I played Donkey Kong 64. Oh, no. You, I That'd collected be, oh, a thousand no. bananas in, oh. for, for this thing, and it doesn't even matter? That's that's not good. It's not good. Um, So this game is funny in that it came out packaged and looking very much like the arcade game that we all knew as kids. So I think a lot of people were maybe sleeping on it. Um, And then what you don't realize is that it's all just a front or what is essentially the first Mario and Donkey Kong game, because after you blow through the first four arcade levels, uh, there's a whole other game there, and you just keep going world to world, puzzle to puzzle. It's crazy. That blew my mind after beating that fourth stage and then being like, wait, what? There's keys in Donkey Kong? <laughs> Donkey Kong's ass is huge. It barely fits through that door, <laughs> which they feel the need to show you way too often. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, this one, I, I remember because I had a buddy who bought it on Game Boy. And I had a Super Game Boy at the time, so we would often come over and we put it in the Super Ooh, Game Boy. And this, yeah. this is one of those games that had the palette and the marquee, so it looks like you're playing it on the arcade cabinet. 
looked great. It was optimized for it. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Super Game Boy was just a Super Nintendo cartridge and certain Game Boy games had added features. Donkey Kong was one of them. Again, it had customized color palettes and it had a border and everything. It was great. Um, and then, yeah, I just remember kind of making fun of him for buying that. And then he didn't say anything and like, we're playing it and we get through that fourth stage and I can't beat the game. It's going to reset, do the loop. Right. And then you're like, holy crap. And then it just keeps going and go. It's a huge game. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like the music's good. The sound's good. It pulls from Donkey Kong Jr. It pulls from the swimming physics of Super Mario Brothers. It, uses intuitive level design. So between the cutscenes and the way they set up stages, you intuitively learn how to play the game, learn new things, things that are available to you from the beginning, which maybe you'll stumble across them like a handstand jump or a twirl or that you can stand on an enemy and it's not going to kill you for mm-hmm. the most part. And it just does it in such a genius without hitting you over the head with it way, you know, in a world where we live in like, intro tutorial hell for everything this game's perfect like perfection in the way it teaches you how to play it yep and even like the cutscenes when you uh beat it uh boss level against donkey kong then it does a short little cutscene that you're chasing him yep and it usually shows and kind of introduces the new mechanic you're about to see mm-hmm. in whatever puzzle level you're about to go in and uh i think that's a great way to kind of like hype it up to be like yeah see what you're gonna do it kind of teaches you but it also is like entertaining to be like oh yeah this is awesome i can't wait to do that <laughs> yeah and then every once in a while if you're lucky you're like i figured something out on your own and they show it in a cutscene. you're like ha ah, <laughs> yep. i found that two stages ago yep. yeah it's it's really good it's it's kind of like almost too good. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of I mean, it's, granted. This is a very, very well-regarded game, but like everything about it's enjoyable. Like the, the visuals because their game boy are simple, but they're accurate and they get the job done. And just like the personality of Mario, like when you jump too far off and he like doesn't die, but he eats <laughs> shit off of like a ledge, he just like face plants and like tweaks with his leg in the air and like flops a little bit until he wakes up. <laughs> Or you get crushed by something and he just like has a little halo come above his head. Um, even Donkey Kong's reaction to you, like getting to him every time is great. And yeah. even a lot of the enemies have some personality to them. Yep. And, and Donkey Kong Jr. just kind of messing around on some of those levels. That's it's funny to just see him around too. Yeah. Um yeah, this game, the thing that's surprising to me is that it controls way better than this game needs, probably, yes. and, and and ever deserves. And it's it's kind of crazy. It might be the best controlling Mario on the Game Boy. Yeah, and that's it like feels really good. And it's not even a pure platformer. I mean, it, there's some parts that are pretty uh technical as far as platforming but it's it's i would say maybe 60% puzzle 40% platforming yeah yeah so for those uninitiated i guess once you get past the main game and you get into the true game um you're basically 
Mario trying to get through the unlocked door that Donkey Kong has escaped to in each level um, with Peach. Um, there's usually an extra life to collect on most of the levels. There are also three items to collect on each level that you can go for for like bonus mini games in between stages. So you can really rack up like if you haven't gotten like 40 lives by the end of the second world, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, yeah, like Andy was saying, like you're using the the platforming control and tightness of Mario to essentially do puzzles and work out how to get this key, get past the enemies and get the key to the door so you can unlock it. Uh, which again, if anyone's familiar with uh, the Mario versus Donkey Kong, that's essentially the gameplay loop and it, it all started here. Yeah, and I feel like those games didn't have, you know, the the control of Mario that this one does. Right. At least, Ugh. at least, yeah. The DS ones, I'm just having flashbacks to having to use the pen. Oh, the minis and stuff. Oh, with those mini things, yes, that they went off the rails on them. They should bring that back, but maybe just pure, just do it the, the pure <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah, and just the sheer amount of ways that you can control Mario. You know, the the, the jumping, the handstand jumping. Oh yeah. The the using him to like place objects, the swimming, uh, the trapeze thing. Which again, the trapeze is another genius element that they put into the game early on and don't explain to you until much later. But they they place him in like such ways that you're gonna hit him. So like more likely than not, you're just gonna intuitively figure this out, and it's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, you can use that to do all sorts of like physics movements, riding on different objects. It's just the amount of stuff they start stacking at you for different ways to approach these levels is kind of staggering. Like that they put so much effort into it on a little Game Boy title in 94. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like the different types of jumps that he can do, like the backflip one is really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I was trying to remember, does uh Mario Land 2 have anything like that? No, I don't think so. Mario Land 2 to me it was always pretty sluggish as far as like his jumping controls is very floaty and weird. Yeah. So I wonder if this is like the first Mario game that has kind of expanded jumps. Yeah, that's true cuz it carried over to the new stuff, right? Like yeah. that's where like you got six- the speed jumps and yeah. 64 obviously had a lot of that stuff. Oh, we in don't it. talk about that here. <laughs> it didn't exist. Yeah, that's a good but, point. Yeah, so I, and one thing I didn't know even through what I played, I played through about half the game and then I watched the rest of it. Um, when you're doing the handstand, there's a move that you can just walk around on your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get hit. Yeah. On your feet. I did right. not know that part. That's that how you take like... down Donkey Kong on like stage three or whatever, where he's like on the, it's like three screens up. You just do the handstand wait for him to throw a barrel right on top of you. Then you don't have to go all the way down and jump out. Oh, see that. Yeah. That would have been way easier. It's great. Yeah. The layers yeah. of the onion like that are great. Yeah. And just like, just like that. Well, Mario's feet are, you know, they're a juggernaut compared to everything else. He can just hit everything with his feet and they'll all die. So yeah. why not just put those feet up in the air? hundred <laughs> percent. It's like human shield. It's perfect. Yep. And it, it falls in line with like the physics of Mario, right? As long as feet touch anything, it dies minus spikes and fire. So 
Yeah. I um I will say the one thing that I I struggle with a bit on this game, and I I didn't play it in original hardware. Um, I got about halfway through the game too, as Andy and I were discussing ahead of time. I didn't emulate. I played on my cartridge. The cartridge battery I have is dead, sadly. So I ended up repeating um, some of the stages multiple times in different sessions. But I got up to like World 5 or whatever. Um, but I will say playing it even on the Game Boy Advance with it imports at a certain color palette automatically, um, which I assume is just a remnant of, I don't know if it's the Super uh, Game Boy piece or if it just applies a palette. But the only thing I can really knock this game for is because of the limited color palette and the ambition of the level design, some of these levels, especially I can't imagine playing it on the original hardware are just so kind of visually messy between the background, the foreground and everything that's going on. Like it can be hard at times to distinguish what's a platform, what's a, what the ladder's connecting to. Is it actually a dead end I'm going to hit? And, but it's, it, I feel like they were aware of it because that very seldom becomes an issue in a lot of the levels. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I played it. I emulated it and I didn't have too much of that problem. So it might be just because it's, you know, black and white sharp pixels. <clears throat> yeah. And I was and even on the game boy advance I was playing on, I was playing on the original. So I didn't have the backlighting. And I think that probably p- played a mm-hmm. big part in that. Yeah. But yeah, soft, you know, soft resolution with three shades of green. Like yeah. that could be, that could be rough. And don't forget the blurring. Although maybe the blurring yeah. wouldn't be too much of an issue here. Cause minus you jumping or falling from a ledge. It's a very, it's a very slow paced game. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, he doesn't move like Mario doesn't have his typical run here really. Um, or it really doesn't come into play. Um, so it's kind of like a very deliberately paced game, which that's another fair point to bring up is there is a timer um, in this game for each level, which I feel like is a problem you don't realize is a thing until you're about halfway through the game. And the first time the alarm goes off when you get stuck on something, you're like, Oh shit, I only have X amount of time. You're like, yep. cause it, you, and it's weird too. Cause you're given a scorecard. So it's always four levels and a boss or three. Yeah. Three, three and levels a boss, and a boss. And then you get the scorecard and it's all based on time. And like the better your times, the uh, the better your bonus life payout at the end of this is, which is kind of nice to see a game actually care about high score in a meaningful way. It does feed into the like, I have so many lives. I'm in, I'm you yeah, know unstoppable. They don't matter. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's an interesting time mechanic that you kind of don't put much thought into until it scares the crap out of you and you've got thirty seconds left. Yeah. And, and speaking of time mechanic, I think one thing it's probably my biggest gripe with the game is if you let go of, if you pick up the key and you let go of the key there's a timer yes. on when the key will disappear and uh, go back to its original location and i understand why that's part of the puzzle design like there's a lot of puzzles that expect you to be like okay the the, the challenge of this puzzle is to get to this point yeah without without the key you know blinking out of existence but man it's annoying to go all the way back up to get that key again um, yeah i could i would I, I guess i would just wish there was an option to just keep the key permanent and then you know at least it's a fairly ample timer yeah and i'm sure the reason they did that is only because there'd be x amount of levels where a player could fuck themselves 
to where dying wouldn't even be an option until the time ran out. So they're probably like, well, to yeah. avoid that pitfall, we'll just make this kind of annoying gameplay mechanic work around that. Yeah. The, I mean, it from what I played, it wasn't too much of a problem. Uh, the later levels that I watched, there's a lot of throwing this key on conveyor belts and like doing a whole bunch of switches to, you know, get this key moved over to another spot. And then you have to grab the key and do it again and grab the key. So it's very much a core mechanic of some levels. Yeah. Um, kind of, it's kind of funny too. Now that you mentioned those stages, like it's a very almost, um, gyromite ish in, mm, yeah. uh, level design, like how that yep. works doors and levers. Yep. Yeah. The one, uh, the, the, there's one mechanic in some levels where donkey Kong jr is just hanging out in a box with a lever and, uh, he'll just randomly go over there and press the lever. And sometimes you're just sitting there waiting for yeah. him to to do the lever and it's like come on donkey kong jr just hit the lever so i can go up there and you know kick your dad's ass but uh yeah those are kind of annoying i like how you like never actually like physically for the most part do anything to donkey kong in this game either <laughs> when you throw barrels sometimes but most of the time he's just like mad at your presence yeah like, he could clearly kill mario who's this tiny tiny man on screen but like the mere presence of him near his uh, beloved Peach, and then he just like has to run away every time. So it's a weird defense mechanism. They kind of set him up as a bit of a pansy. <laughs> the uh, is this the first time that he has a shrinking mushroom? <clears throat> probably yeah which is interesting because i don't think any of the levels they almost use it as a punishment they're just like you don't want to get the it's almost like the poison mushroom because like i didn't find any levels that were like oh yeah you got to shrink down to get into this part which is weird like why would you have a <laughs> mushroom yeah, that shrinks you and then it doesn't play into the <clears throat> mechanic of the puzzle i don't know maybe i missed something maybe i skipped over what you were supposed to do yeah well, it is, it is funny too. Like you don't really think about it too much with this game, but you think about, I mean, I guess it's, it's in the context of Donkey Kong and not Mario. Like he's not part of the name, but it's clearly Mario, but this entire game that you're going through that feels very platformy, but yet you're Mario without power-ups, right? There's no big, there's no, there's no fire flower. I mean, you get the hammer from Donkey Kong and like the, you know, the, the small mushroom, like you said, but it's, it's kind of strange to think about, that and like what a big adventure this technically is inside of that world but he's just like jump man you know base yep. level dude and you're tiny the whole time i mean i guess you get well, tinier but you you haven't beat the game so oh that's true didn't get to the end <laughs> spoilers no <laughs> we won't ruin it but it's i mean phenomenal. what would you give it i mean on our byron burn scale what what are your thoughts Andy? oh this is a buy so I love this game. I have always had fond memories of this game and replaying this game has surpassed my memories of it. Like I enjoyed it even more than I did back then, I think. So it's definitely a buy for me. Yep. Yeah. I'm hundred percent on board. Absolute buy. I think, I think is, is, is near as games go to being perfect. 
on a, a video game scale. I think this is a near, this is near perfection. I mean, there's no reason anyone should miss this game. Emulate it. It's cheap enough. Still loose card. It's only, yeah. I mean, unless I haven't looked post pandemic, but it's never really gotten crazy and it's, it's a great game. It's a great portable game, especially if your battery works. So you can knock out a couple levels and come back, you know, later yeah. on in the day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely love it. And yeah, I, I like you, like you, I had great memories of it. I never owned it. So I did, you know, I got it later on in life to play it again. And yeah, it never, it never disappoints. Like just, it's got that whole like loop where you're like, ah, I'm done, but like, well, let me check this next level. And then that sucks you in. And next thing you know, you've gone through four more stages and, yep. and you never feel bad like, about it. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, I'm always almost a donkey Kong. Let's see what that level's about. And then, right. yep. And then you yeah. beat him and that's like, Oh, here's this cool mechanic. I'm going to try that. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, there's just not a lot of these type of puzzle games first and then platforming second, you know, especially during that time. I mean, most of those puzzle games where you're finding gates and shit like that and keys to gates and stuff like that, they didn't handle worth a shit. It was, you know, the puzzle game that you were playing it for, but this just feels so good. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And I whole, I wholly recommend the experience too. If you can track down a super game boy and a super Nintendo to throw this thing into it's, that's that's the way to play this one. It's great. I'm sure yep. there are emulators that do that now too, but you know, it's an experience. Pick it up. Well, is that an episode? That's an episode. Sweet. All right. So if uh you've played Donkey Kong ninety four, we'd like to hear what you thought about it. Uh, you can send a message to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com or just DM us on Twitter or probably not Facebook, but uh, I think Twitter's the maybe yeah, going Twitter's away easy. too. We'll is, see is what Twitter e- going away? We'll see what Elon does with it, right? I mean, he's, he's only going to lay off 250 people. <laughs> yep. Message us on Tesla. Get in your car. <laughs> uh, well, until next time, be kind, rewind. Dinky King. <laughs> Big bananas. <laughs>